Well, massive afternoon for the Australians over in Delhi here. Will, dreadful first test for the Australians. One, one of the worst I can remember performance-wise. Yep. As we said earlier, they had plan A in the first innings when they were batting. That didn't work and they went to plan B and plan B in the second was worse than the first. <laughs> can they bounce back? Can they turn things around? What will be the makeup of the 11? Robert Crash Craddock, who is the chief sports writer from the Courier Mail, joins us now to hopefully answer all those questions. Crash, good morning. Yes, uh, it will be interesting. Morning, Paul. Will uh, it's uh, uh, fascinating times in Delhi. You know, it'll be a low bouncing pitch. More turn again. I, I see Manus Labuschagne, who's uh, his catchphrase for the test is Lindsay Lohan, <laughs> the American actress, saying, keep your hands low, low hands, low hands, <laughs> to, to get down to the ball. So uh, he's always up to something, Manus, so that'll be fascinating to watch today. Crash, the, uh, the big backlash from our point of view that we're seeing from our, our listeners, and we, they represent the majority of Aussie cricket fans or sports fans, is they still cannot believe Travis Head was let out, left out of the first test match team and now they're saying surely he has to play in the second but from what we're reading and hearing it looks as though he won't be recalled well it doesn't look likely but it all depends on this morning they're going to have a chat to cameron green and see how he's playing uh sorry he's feeling in himself after uh as he returns from a uh, finger injury and he is being hot and cold in the nets. You know, at times he's looked good bowling. Uh, he's caught a hard ball, but when he bats, there's a bit of jarring there. If he's in, I think he may well bring young Queenslander Matt Kuhneman from the Southport School in with him as a third spinner because he could play as a second paceman, Green. If Green's not in, I think Renshaw may hold his place, but there may not be a place for Kuhneman. Uh, but Head is in the mix there somewhere. They've got to decide whether to bring him in the middle order. But one categorical fact is he won't be replacing, I don't believe, David Warner at the top of the order. Pat Cummins has basically said Warner will live on through this test. Now, Head was discussed as a potential opening candidate before this series and before the first test, it was floated at the selection meeting. Now, if he's not replacing Warner, it's a very tight squeeze in that middle order. Apparently, he has looked only average in the nets against spin, but uh, what this dropping has done to his confidence, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and it's quite amazing we're having these conversations the day of a test match crash. How long has it been since you can remember this much uncertainty on the day of a game? Yeah, look, it gets back to, you know, probably the... Remember when Pat Cummins was ruled out with COVID in Adelaide a couple uh, once uh, before day of a test, and you know there was uh, madness rain for a few hours there. It's not totally unusual, but it's so unwanted, Will, because if you're going to win in India, everything has to go right. You know, I remember when Australia won there in 2004; they used the same attack every test: Warn, Kaspervitz, McGrath and Gillespie, and they just were, were uh, for the first three tests, they were just ironclad, everything was settled. Whereas this time, there's too many moving parts. You, you just, they're not quite, you can't settle on your game plan until you know the team. And everything revolves around Cameron Green because he bats and he bowls. So I know last night there was one school of thought that they should play him even though he's only 90% fit. And there was another school of thought saying, look, he's going to be a 10-year player. Why risk it? 
So, Crash, if Cameron Green were to play, we're hearing that Matt Renshaw would be the player that would drop out and yes. Green would move into Correct. the middle order. Then it would Correct. depend on what do they do with Mitchell Stark? Does he come in and replace Boland? Or do they just go in with Cameron Green and Pat Cummins as the quicks and bring in perhaps Matt Kuhneman to make his test debut or the other left-arm orthodox spinner on tour in Ashton Agar? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if Kuhneman is ahead of Agar, um, even though... Uh, Agar apparently bowled okay in the Nets this week and he's been very poor. And we spoke on Monday about how Agar's been a 10-year project that never quite got there. I mean, I've never seen a situation where a player, and he made his test debut 10 years ago this June, uh, is still a development player 10 years yeah. after he made his test debut. Can you believe that? Like, I've never heard of it before ever. So that gives Kuhneman a chance. But you can't play Stark and Kuhneman. If, if, if Stark is not fit and there's still a question mark over how he's recovered from his finger injury, um, he, he may drop out and they may play the third spinner. But you'll need Green in to take the new ball. You need another seamer in there. So if, if Green's fit, they might say to Starkey, have a rest, mate, and we'll play Kuhneman. But... They're looking at about three or four different scenarios and it were very there was no clear plan as of last night when they went to bed. So but uh, I know they'll be up early this morning and uh, just and, and trying to formulate a plan, which is not ideal. No, not at all. And um, obviously there's a lot of uncertainty, but there's probably six or seven spots that we know will be in there. Who are you predicting to step up this test? Someone that failed first test round and has the ability to turn around, you know, take stock of the conditions and, and have a big test. Uh, I, I like the way... I, I felt Steve Smith was on the verge of something big. I, I just think he actually quite enjoys... Him and Love of Shane enjoy rugged conditions. Um, Manus, when he's not playing on the circuit, he buys a mat from Bunnings and he, and he pours water on it and he has these competitions. They play backyard cricket. And if you get 20, it's a great score. Like, it's really hard. So those two lads love attritional cricket. They're still our best bets to score runs. Um, I was a little bit concerned to read where Usman Khawaja has been struggling a little bit in the nets, you know, and because he's got such an important role to play. I haven't written him off at all. But I think if Stark does play... He's a great one-two punch with Nathan Lyon, who had a really average first test. But Stark does create footmarks, which Lyon loves. He, he just, you know, he, he, you can see him out there as Stark's in the middle of his spell. He looks at what he's creating on the pitch for him to bowl into. Without Stark, that left armour, uh, Lyon is a lesser bowler, as we saw in the first test. So I think he'll, he'll spring to life if Stark gets a game. Crash, you said you had a uh, mystery man overseeing all the, the net sessions and the Australian practice sessions for the first test. He's obviously still there for the second. Has there been a noticeable change in approach? Because Andrew McDonald said that they had a plan in the first innings and then when they got to, to the second innings, they went away from it. Now, the obvious standout partnership was Smith and Labuschagne, where they were playing their shots. They were leaving the crease and they were prepared to go down the ground, where in the second dig, Marnus seemed to be wanting to play everything off the back foot. Ravi Shastri has said, former Indian captain, Australia have to be bold and aggressive here if they are to beat India. They can't be timid. So is he seeing a more aggressive approach from what he's seen in these lead-up practice sessions? I, I think so. And even Pat Cummins forecast at yesterday's press conference saying that he said you'll see a, a, a more aggressive David Warner uh, in, in this test. 
And I think we've all been a little bit influenced by baseball in New Zealand. I mean, what about the, what about England yesterday in the day-night test in New Zealand? What was it, 59 overs and they made 320 with this real cavalier approach? And it's just, you you cannot sit back against these Indian quicks and outgrind them because they're the best grinders in the business. I watched Jadeja bowl. He bowls off one, two, three steps. He could bowl all day putting the ball on the same spot. So if you're going to go down to them, you've got to show something. So I haven't written us off here. You know, like we were actually in that test last week. I know it finished in three days, but there was one point when they were six wickets down and only about 60 ahead. That could have easily been like a much tighter game. But, um, yeah, there's a lot lot of work to do. It just needs one man to be a hero, doesn't it, to score yeah. 120 Pat first, you make 300, you are in the game all the way. So, but it's it's tough. There's a reason why India have only lost two out of their last 42 tests on home soil. You think of that. Imagine if that was a football team. Imagine if that was Penrith and they'd lost two out of their last 42. I mean, you don't reckon that's a big stat? Feels a bit like the All Blacks at Eden Park and for all us Wallaby fans, Crash. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it does. It does. And, and, and it's, there's all different ingredients in it, Will. There's the heat. There's the conditions. There's the pitches. There's just the general challenge of life in India. And it's so contrasting to what we have in Australia. I'm still... Every, every time we're touring India, I always campaign for them to shave the Sydney pitch for the last test of the season. Get it India ready. They never do it. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. And um, the Indian team, I guess they're full of confidence, not many changes. Some chat that Shurish Iyer will play. Is that probably the only change? Yeah, he, he's a chance of playing, but I'm not sure that he will. And, of course, they've still got Shubman Gill up their sleeve. But... Um, for me, this test is about Virat Kohli. I, I just think he, he, this is the ground he grew up on and, and he loved, he's been playing there since he was a kid, and yet he's in the sneakiest form slump of all time. I think in seven of his last eight series, he's averaged less than 29. His test average has dropped by seven runs in the last four years, and yet we're not reading about it, are we? It's just floating along. Uh, you know, it, it's incredible, really. If it, had he been in Australia, this would be a massive talking point. But, uh, you know, his last test century was three years ago. So he will sit today in the Virat Kohli Pavilion, named after <laughs> him, at his home ground where he grew up. He drove his car to the stadium this week, didn't catch the team bus. He soaked up the vibe of his local streets. He posted on Instagram, I feel nostalgic, I'm coming home. But what have you got, Virat? And, and, and I, I think he'll fire up today. But will he? You know, it'll be fascinating to watch. He doesn't seem to have the same aggression. I, I know maybe it's because he's not the skipper at the moment, but I don't think that takes away anything from him. We we saw him all aggressive at the T20 World Cup crash, but he just looks more placid or something like that. He does, he does. And I know that there was always a feeling in the Australian dressing room. They They went through stages where they fired him up deliberately, and then they said, actually, the key to Coley is you don't fire him up because you electrify his senses when you do. And, and he, when he's a man on a mission, he was all, almost unstoppable. But the thing is with intense players, Paul, you wonder whether they flame out. And also, a great cricket writer, Shil Berry, once said to me, he said, you know the champion batsman 
He said, mate, they may average around 50, but really they only have three or four years where they just slaughter it and kill the game. And they might average 60 during those years and the other years they average 40 and then it adds up to 50. So he's had those sparkling years. And I don't think he's ever going back at age 34. But jeepers, it's... I'm waiting for him to explode, Paul. I, I know he's got a beginnings left in him, but... Is it today on that home ground in his pavilion where he walks in, he knows all the staff and he's so comfortable? It's a tricky ground, Delhi. Rabbi Shastri said it, and I know the Australians followed his advice yesterday, never take your favourite bat to training in the nets in Delhi because the bounce is so low, it hits low on your bat and it knocks you back out of kilter. So challenging little ground. And Crash, have you been viewing any of the uh, the Women's World Cup from South Africa or Australia? Look as though they are in sensational form. They are against uh, Sri Lanka and, and um, you know, that uh, overnight and really good, aren't they? And I was so thrilled to see Ash Gardner pick up a cheque of, you know, 580000 in the in Women's Indian Premier League. How far have they come, Paul? It's wonderful. But also intrigued by this allegation of spot fixing. Uh, you know, where, where bookmakers are contacting uh, the Bangladesh team and, you know, discussing offers and that. Like, it's never far away in cricket. I, I, I still... I've always had this theory in cricket with spot fixing. If you could write down every transaction and every offer that ever took place and put it on a whiteboard and you walked into a room and saw it all there, your jaw would hit the ground, you know? It, it's, I don't reckon we've ever quite got on top of the threat of bookies. Good thing is, though, the, the Bangladeshi player involved did the right thing, reported mm. straight to team management, street team management went straight to the board, the board went straight to the ICC, and they're yep. dealing with it straight off the bat, not waiting but, any time crash. They went and did the right thing straight away. They are, and, of course, the Australian team in Delhi, I remember many years ago going to the jewellery shop of a bookmaker called Mukesh Gupta, the man who corrupted the cricket world. He had about... 20 cricketers on his books from this little jewellery shop in Delhi and uh, he he somehow, you know, coerced and got them money for information and uh, I, I, he wasn't there at the time. I went to his shop. He sort of, he gave evidence and he, and he tipped in all these cricketers to the police and then uh, he vanished. He basically led a quiet life and refused to ever speak to anyone again. So... <laughs> Fascinating Vanished story. Vanished amongst a billion people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Crash, look, we've only got 90 seconds till news time, mate. If you were to give us the first, uh, the test team for this afternoon, what will be the changes? Uh, I, I hope that uh, Green plays, but I, I really, it'll depend on a fitness test. And if if uh, that would be Green for, for Renshaw and then Kuhneman in, and then, but if Green doesn't play... I've got Renshaw hanging on ahead of Travis Head and Mitchell Stark in as a bowler. But once again, it's just all down to fitness this morning. And um, I, 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 I just don't like picking unfit players, Paul. I bet you my one prediction was if we do pick, pick players that are 80% fit, it rarely ends well, particularly in India. It's just too hard there. So, But Warner, to fight for his career, he's the most interesting story. He'll be, try and be more aggressive against Ravi Ashwin, who's got him out 11 times in tests, and he's never quite been able to pick the difference between Ravi's straight ball and the one that turns. 
and one that's got him out LBW six times in tests. That's twice as many as any other bowler's got him LBW. It's a big challenge in Delhi. Good on you, Crash. When we talk to you Monday morning, fingers crossed, we're still talking about this test match and it's live. <laughs> See you then, guys. Bye.